Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com in the north woods of Wisconsin here at Silver Birch Ranch. And it's a good day. We're sitting across the table from each other, talking on microphones about life in general. In general, life is so sweet. It is, you know. You know, you got to focus on the things that give you energy because if you focus on the right things, not the things that stimulate you, the things that actually give you energy, uh, God made everyone different. So there's certain things in your life that you look at and go, boy, this is something that um, really fulfills me. And you get into it, whether you're tired, whether you're hungry, you still do a good job at it. Yeah, that's true. So, And everyone's different. I mean, some people can't wait to get home and read a good book. Yep. You can't wait to sink your teeth into a nice, juicy peep. Uh, no. No, I've never had that thing. <laughs> never. I think I've only eaten one peep in my life. And I thought that would be like washing your mouth out with soap. And how long ago was this? Probably when I was just a boy and someone had them at school or okay. something. Maybe. Do you know as you age, your palate gets more um, sophisticated? Really? So I think it's time that you try another peep. No. No. Because I don't How want about it. this? I don't want it to get more sophisticated. My favorite sandwich is still we'll a bologna sandwich with mayo. We'll have lutefisk as the main That's and good. the peep as the I'm dessert. I'm still waiting for you to get lutefisk so I found I can it. Eat it. You did? Where? I found on the website that we're having shipped here. So, yeah, it's so expensive that way. It's actually not that bad. I found a cheaper one, 28 bucks. I, it's probably used. Used. <laughs> Old. <laughs> used. <laughs> used. I guess used wouldn't be the right word. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. I can't wait to eat it. What do you have with it, though? Do you know? Is it going to be a Swedish or just Lutefisk? Lutefisk by itself may not work. Why? Because we don't eat it by itself. We have other Swedish there's, there's things. There's recipes on the package. Right, but we have other Swedish things that go with it. Well, you can make a princess cake. Well, I, princess tartar. Oh, princess tartar? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty Come sure on, that's not the name for, oh, whatever. for the Swedish cake you're referring to. Um, maybe not. <laughs> However, I will hold you now to a princess tartar. I, I don't know. Any I idea. only made one in my life. I think you have to find one of those two somewhere. Okay. I don't know. I, you know what? I, that'll be fun. Where, where can people find this video of me eating this Lutefisk? Well, it'll eventually be on Silver Ridge Ranch's YouTube channel as an SBR insider. All right. So that'll be coming out in the next uh, couple of weeks okay. as, we get, as we get ready to get it in-house and, and capture this precious moment. Here's what you're going to find, will, though. That will last decades. I will probably like it. Well, either way, I could see you even not liking it, but pretending to like it for the camera Absolutely. so that you don't give a reaction. Absolutely. So, But the, the, the thing is, so, I, I have it in my heritage. So that's why we have a, a twist to it that I we cannot do. tell you about it. Yep. Well, we, we do have, it is in my heritage to like it. Hmm. It's also my heritage. I like herring. Pickled herring. Pickled herring. Yes, I do. Do you like those pickled eggs, too? I do. I like anything pickled. Anything pickled. Just about. Hmm. I haven't tasted everything pickled. <laughs> <laughs> so You saw my brain kind of chugging along yeah, there. You know, what sort of pickled objects I could throw I mean, at you. Don Shire, who goes all over the world with his ministry, used to bring me crazy things to eat, and I would eat them. And, and everything he brought, except for one thing I loved. What so, was the one thing? Uh, seal jerky. That sounds chewy. It was the most morbid thing a human could eat. Hmm. Sorry for all of those in Alaska that listen to this program. Is that from Alaska? Yes. Yeah. Really? He brought seal jerky. An Alaskan delicacy. Well, I don't know if it was a joke or a delicacy, but I guess they do eat it up there. And 
it just was so um so pungently fishy mm. that it kind of permeated every cell in your head while you ate it and <laughs> I, I might have to get our hands on some of that and have you eat that again seal jerky yeah yeah i don't know if they even sell that stuff but I, I will say that that is, as far as I know, the only food I really haven't liked in life. Okay. All right. Well, we can, we can work um, on some things. Because he gave me... You know, so that means you actually liked somewhat the peep. Well, to a degree. I, oh, you know see? what? We're progress. No, I'm a, progress. I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm a more of a texture eater. Okay. Like, I would prefer not to eat raw celery. That's crunchy. It's stringy. Stringy. Okay. Yeah, cooked, I like. Okay. But raw, I don't like it. So you like mushy? Yeah, like uh, lutefisk. Like lutefisk or marshmallows covered in sugar? No, not marshmallows covered in sugar. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out yet, Dave has this weird um, angst against peeps. They they don't, they shouldn't exist. So There's if, no reason for them. If you'd like to get Dave a nice <laughs> Easter basket full of put, peeps, no. dave.wager. You can do that. And he will eat them for you. I will not eat them, but you can do I that. I will make sure of it. I will put them on a shelf somewhere, and 30 years from now, I'll leave them in my will for the people who want them, and they'll be open, and they'll still have no mold on them. <laughs> and they'll be just as good as They'll today. be just as good as the day they were made. <laughs> oh, now, you know, us, uh, us old teachers used to do experiments like that. We used to put them in the microwave. Yeah, well, that's not what we did. We, oh. I would use, I used to do it for educational purposes. A peep. Yeah. No, food experiments. Oh, food experiments. You go to McDonald's. Yeah. I leave the hamburger on your desk as a teacher all year. Yeah. When I went back when I taught back yeah. in the late seventies, early eighties. Okay. It didn't grow mold. That's comforting. You could do the same with um, a Twinkie. Yeah. Uh, put it out there now. Now maybe today things are different. Maybe they do something to make them grow mold. You know, I have no idea. But <laughs> back then, oh, didn't happen. Man. I'm not sure growing mold is one of their goals. It gives you all the warms and fuzzies, doesn't, doesn't it? it? It does. The mold does give you the fuzzies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the warm. Oh, we digress. Yes, we digress. Now, t- speaking of things that are warm and fuzzy, I hear the uh, government is talking about a lot more stimulus packages. Now, of course, it's all talk. So as an older guy, I have my opinions. You're a young guy. You have three boys. I have three boys, yeah. And uh, if they start giving you stimulus money for the children in your family, you're going to get piled on all of a sudden with some money. Yeah. Especially if it's some of the numbers they've been talking about. Yeah. So tell me, is that a good or a bad thing for you? You know, it's obviously... I don't think anybody would necessarily turn away money. Right. You know. Um, but is it good or bad for the nation is, is how I would correct your your question to me. Okay. You know, and the, and the question that I ponder is where is this coming from? Right. You know, because they've done it before. It's not like we, I mean, yes, we have a money press, printing, I was going to say printing press. Yes, we have a money press somewhere. A money press somewhere where you can just print out money. But But the way that it used to be, is it used to be that there was that there was stuff to back the money, yeah. Right. I think that was back in your generation. Uh, right. The silver Ish. certificate used to be on a like a dollar bill, which yeah. means there was silver it was to back by it. Silver and now it says by... Federal Reserve on it. Yeah. And so, 
And that's what makes the value of the dollar fluctuate is that there's not, it's all dependent on our, you know, and so part of me wonders like, all right, how long can we get away with this? I mean, we've already spent as a nation 4 trillion on COVID relief. And like I said, I'm just posing questions. Yeah. Well, we're trillions in debt too. Right. And we're about to add another 2 trillion if, if this, the stimulus package gets, gets their way. Uh, So that means in one year, in one year. So a 12 month time span. You, you take whatever our debt already was and you add six trillion to it. Now, I don't even, I can't even comprehend in my mind a trillion. Like, I know how many zeros right. it has. Right. But, like, the way that I live my life, I can't even comprehend billion. Barely I can comprehend a million right. when it comes to, like, money and stuff. At least zeros you can comprehend. But, I mean, it. I can yeah. comprehend the zeros, but trillion, it's like, man, that is a lot of yeah. cash. And where does it come from? And th- that's really the, the question I pose in response to that is that it's got to come from somewhere. And as a country, we don't have it. And so that means we have to make, where's that going to go? Yeah. Where's it going to come from? I don't well, know. Well, let me, let me play the devil's advocate here. It's going to come from the rich people. Yeah. Big business. How though? They, they're just going to turn well, on tax everybody? I know. I just gave you an answer, but oh. I don't know how. Oh, sure. <laughs> the, the real interesting thing to me still is, it's really hard for people to turn away money, and then you look like you're a bad guy if you say this isn't a good idea. Right. Like it's, well, not only that, but I think it even sets a bad precedent. Yeah. You know, and so now, you know, during this last year, this will be the, if they get the, their way with this, it'll be the third time that the government is getting a certain amount of people within our country under a certain income limit money. Right. So does that mean in every crisis in the future that now becomes the expectation, you know? And 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 part of me wonders like, that seems like a bad precedent, right? You know, like I think there's with anything there's a responsibility. I mean, as believers in general, regardless of what you make, you're called to be a good steward of your money, yeah. you know. And I understand that there are families and situations out there where this last twelve months has been really hard, you know, and that's where. You know, whether or not the, the solution of sending stimulus checks, we can argue back and forth. But I would say we're missing the point as the church. Yeah. You know, that's where we need to step as both as the local church and be aware of what's going on in our local communities so that we can be the need for those people that are struggling. You know, I've seen more posts on Facebook this year about churches like you see pallets of food outside the church saying, hey, come and get free food, which I think is amazing. That's right. what we need to do, and we need to see more of that. You know, if the reason that we keep giving out money and stimulus checks is indeed people are going hungry, which is what they're saying, then we need to step up and look at our system because there's so much waste within our system. Right. You know, I mean, you see all these mobile pantries that have near-expired food that they're pretty much given, and so right. how do we mobilize that better? Let's, let's direct resources to do that as opposed to just give out cash that we don't even know if they're going to like people are going to spend on food. And like I said, I'm generalizing a lot, but I'm just begging questions. Is there a more effective way? Yeah. You know, I, I really think we should question this. It's not that we don't want to help people who have need. Right. I think the government has given up on trying to figure out who it is that has need because that's, that's a moving target. Right. Uh, yeah. So if I came to you and said, are you in need? You know, we at camp, we take care of people. People send their kids to camp. If, if they're struggling financially, we still want their children to come to camp. But, you know, the, when they tell us what their need is, it's, it's really a variable that is hard to figure out. Because right. some people make 
75000 a year and they say they can't afford to do this. And some people make 25000 a year and say they can't afford to do it. Some make 25000 a year and they can do it. Some make, you know, I mean, right. so it's all different situations. What is the right? need, actually? Right. Um, and it's not like people can't use the money. Right. But there's a ripple effect here. Yeah. And the ripple effect is something that's really hard to, to put your thumb on exactly because you're not sure where it's going to land. Mm hmm. Uh, but a nation like ours that is already in trouble debt-wise, to continue to print money and just go into further debt, the big question has to be for everybody, when are we going to deal with the debt and how? Right. And that would be for your family. If you came to me and you said, you know what, we're, we're maxed out on our credit cards. Mm -hmm. Say you had a $10,000 limit or whatever, and you, you spent 10000 on your credit card, now you need to pay it back. Yeah. And you come and say, what do we do? We're 10000 over. I'd say, well, first of all, you got to spend less money. Yeah. So why don't you go back with your wife, talk about how do we get a budget in place mm -hmm. that will allow us to pay something back towards this 10000 Right. Then I would suggest you call your creditors, the people that you owe, which is the bank card place at this time. Yep. And say, you know, I really want to pay this back. It's prohibitive, the amount of interest that I'm paying. Is there a deal I can make with you? Yeah. That's all I would say. And they may say no, but you, you need to try. Yeah, absolutely. So you call and you ask them. And then when that conversation takes place, they may say, yes, we will do this if you do this. Okay, now you know. Now you got a plan. But eventually you got to pay that back. Mm -hmm. There's no way to pay it back if you keep having the mind frame of, I need to use that credit card to get more stuff. Right. So you have to change how you think. Mm-hmm as an individual. We as a nation need to change how we think. Right. That's step number one. And it's going to start with the, the, the normal person like you and me that says, all right, we can't keep spending money we don't have. Right. Now, it doesn't much matter, I guess. Uh, my wife and I, are we're not really for the stimulus money coming in. Our kids are gone. We don't need it. I mean, honestly, at this stage in life, Right doesn't benefit us at all. So we've decided when it comes, we're gonna put it into a bank account called taxes and just leave it there. Mm -hmm. Because our other taxes have gone up. Right. And that's really what I think the ripple effect will be eventually. It'll be um, businesses that get taxed more so they make less, so they'll have less workers. Places, uh, individuals like us who will get taxed at a higher rate and so we need to have money put away so we can pay that higher rate. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's another vicious circle. We get taxed more. We don't have the money put aside. So now we're going in debt because of the taxes. Right. Uh, anyway, I, I would suggest that every family look at the ripple effect of the decisions they make. I don't care what the decisions are. You, there's something attached to the decision. Mm -hmm. And if we do get another stimulus check in the mail, it could be like the last ones where for us, all of a sudden, we saw it on our bank account. Yeah. We didn't get it in the mail. We didn't have to. Yeah, it was deposit. just in there. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, we got this much more money. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's understand that our government is trying to be a nice big brother. Yeah. But in the process, they're kind of spoiling us to where we're going to be hurt down the road. Mm-hmm. I would suggest be very careful with that money. You might need to pay it back sometime. Yeah. Um, and somebody's going to have to pay it back. 
in, in some way, shape, or form. So I think first thing everyone needs to think about is ripple effect, everything in life. Yeah. Uh, I think the second thing that I, I hear from you just talking about it is I think when we start putting the government in the place of Big Brother, mm-hmm. we take all the burden that should be on the church off the church. Yeah. And that's something you said. But I want our listeners to understand that the church is the one that's responsible to take care of the poor. Mm-hmm. That the church is the one that's responsible to take care of orphans and widows. Yeah. Not the government. Right. And because of all the government programs, the church has not been doing that because we don't have to. Mm-hmm. So how many elderly are taken care of by our government instead of the church? And how many widows and orphans are taken care of? Um, I mean, just in our county alone, I've been in meetings talking about how much money they spend on foster care. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. That means the church isn't doing it. Right. It's very interesting that the church is slowly, because of governmental programs, the church is becoming irrelevant Mm. in our culture. When God always had us as believers be the ones who notice problems and work towards solving them. Right. So if somebody in the community needed money, we're to be generous with them. But we're also told if they don't work, they don't eat. Mm-hmm. In other words, you need to help those who are truly needy, but those who are playing the game don't help them. A hungry stomach might do them well. Right. Because they need to learn responsibility to work. Mm-hmm. The federal government has no way of seeing that. Mm-hmm. So we've taken away kind of local autonomy. We've taken away the, the idea of the church being involved. Uh, I encourage our listeners, we're, we're trying to start a new program at Silver Birch Ranch called uh, Foster Family Connect, where we're trying to work within communities to help churches play a very specific role in the foster care system in their counties. Yeah. And so uh, I encourage you, there's a website now, it's called fosterfamilyconnect.com. So you can go to it and you can begin to learn about that. We're looking for uh, actually financial backing at this point. We're looking for uh, different ideas on how to launch this. We hope to have a horse therapy program down the road. We're, we're working on, on camps and, and places and education and conferences for those who are involved and any way that we can do to be a catalyst to the church to help them with the foster care issues that are going on in our nation. Um, many people have said that foster children are the new orphans of our, our culture. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they're new orphans. I'm not sure. Any, I, all I know is that I think the church needs to be in the middle of these problems because of how God has structured us as believers. Um, so that we would not only trust him, but our eyes are open to the issues that are around us. Absolutely. And uh, if we're neglecting it, then the, the state's going to you know, step up. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the things that are going on in life, we can see them coming and prepare for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was talking to uh, one of our other staff earlier today, and we were talking about how when you adjust your brain to uh, reality, you can enjoy life. Yeah. So lately up here, we've had some nights that have dipped to 20 below. Yes, without the wind chill. Without the wind chill. So real cold. Real you know, cold. Of course, anything under 10 below, I say it's just cold at that point. However, I've been outside in this. 
In fact, I go out and groom the ski trails and do things. I've been outside in this weather, and I don't like being cold myself. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I'm still enjoying life, and I'm out in it, and I'm living. And and, And we were talking about how important it is to adjust your life according to the reality that you live in. Mm-hmm. Here's how a person in Wisconsin at this time can be miserable. They can look at the temperatures in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. They can look at the temperatures in Florida and say, we're miserable. Right. Okay, you could do that if you want. But I suggest you also look at those temperatures in July. Right, when it's 120 in Arizona. Yeah, when they don't even like it. Right. Here's what we do if we're going to be successful at life. We know what's coming. We know the issues that are going to be in front of us, and we prepare for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I, you know, I have certain clothes I pull out. I have I have these boots that I think are five hundred pounds each. It's a good I, workout. Yeah, I know. It's uh, that'll keep you. They're warm not, up. by the way. That's a, that's a hyperbole. But I, they're they're rated to hundred below. Wow. So when I go out and I I'm grooming the tra- this cross country ski trails, I wear those boots. Yeah if it's below zero. Because if I break down out there, I understand what I have to do. Mm-hmm. I have to walk back Yep. in sub-zero temperatures, wind blowing, picture little house on the prairie, wind blowing, day bent over, walking miles in the woods. That's what I have to do. For those of my generation, little house on the prairie is a story. <laughs> Actually, it was read to me as a kid. but <laughs> They have old programs on television. So. That's right. Um, however, the the funny thing is, is that, I'm I'm ready for this. Yeah. It doesn't throw me off course. Right. Uh, I have two fireplaces in my house, as you know. Uh, when it's been in this cold spell, I'm I'm often doing four fires a day. Right. And for those of you who haven't heard, we had a storm like a year and a half ago. Yeah. And so it's not like wood is very plentiful at the moment. Extremely. So it's, it's not like <laughs> Dave's going out and wasting wood. Like no. there's wood out there rotting right now. Yeah. I, in fact, the more I burn, the better at this point. It helps clean it up quicker. It, it does. <laughs> However, what the interesting thing is, is my gas bill even for heating the house during yeah. this time drops. Yeah. Because I keep heating it with wood. Right. So here I am looking at the winter, and my wife and I, we like cross-country skiing. Well, I shouldn't say we, we do like cross-country skiing, but we like to exercise on a regular basis. Yeah. When the winter, when it's cold, you better like cross-country skiing then if you mm-hmm. live up here. Yeah. So we became good cross-country skiers, and we go out every day and we ski when we can. If it's below zero, okay, I can't. I actually have an elliptical in the basement. Yeah. So I go down there and do that for a half hour if I can't go ski. Mm-hmm. In other words, you prepare Right. If you don't prepare, you're going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. If you can't, if you only can heat with, you know, LP gas, you need to have the house at 74 degrees. If you have no way to exercise, you can't go outside. Yeah, you're going to be miserable. Yeah. But that's not how you have to live. And that's how life is. You know, um, you and your wife right now are in a season of life where you have three young boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, how old are they? Seven, four, and three. Okay. They present you unique challenges at these ages. Yeah. Those challenges will change. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is prepare for each of life's challenges as you know they're coming and realize that it's seasonal and it will change. Mm. And you start looking to those who have successfully navigated yeah. those changes and ask, how did you navigate those? And how can I prepare for it? Absolutely. 
Um, I remember when we moved up here, I, I, I came from Chicago. Yep. So really never thought of septic systems, hmm. never thought of wells. Right. Never. Water softeners. Yeah, never thought sort of, of anything. Yeah. So I come up here, and we were going to build a house, and I went to one of the guys who lived in the area, and I said, so you're building up here. What are the most important things? And he said, well, that's easy. I said, what? Well, septic, heating. You remember those three things, you'll be fine. <laughs> I said, just three things? He goes, those are the three things. you got to have a good well. Don't get a bad well. Yep. Get a good well. Supply you the water. If it's in the wrong spot, you're going to have all this you fight the minerals all the time. You know, get a good well. Heating, you're going to heat. Yep. You need an efficient. I said, what's the most efficient? He said, water, hydro. You know, that's the most efficient. Um, most expensive to put in, but it's the most efficient. Mm-hmm. And if you could do it with wood, it's really efficient because yeah. you're not putting anything out. And and so, you know, insulate your house well. I mean, all that kind of stuff. Spend the money on the, the well in the heating and, and then the septic. And I, okay, the septic goes, yeah, you don't have sewer systems up here. Right. So you need a septic and you need it to work right and you need to understand the rules mm-hmm. that, you know. Um, and you know what? We we put effort into those three things and now our house is close to 40 years old. Yep. It's still operating well because those four things, those three things were priorities. Preparing for what you need to prepare for. Mm-hmm. You want to cheat on those things? You pay for it later. Yeah. Uh, we had somebody move up from Chicago, and they were being nice to the young people in our area by allowing them to do laundry at their house. Mm-hmm. And um, I went over to them. I said, you know, just so you know, septics aren't like sewer systems. Right. Um, you can actually saturate this drain field, and you're going to be in trouble. Yep. Oh, but we want to be nice and help people. Okay, okay just so you know. So I... My wife and I got a reputation for not being nice because mm-hmm. we were told, don't saturate your, your you know, this field, this right. drain field is made for this many people. Right. And this many loads of laundry right. and all that. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're sized for the f- bedrooms. Yep. Basically. Yep. Uh, and so we listened and it wasn't long. I think a couple of years after they put theirs in that their drain field failed. Mm. And they're going, oh man, this is expensive. And I was just looking at them going, you you didn't prepare. Yeah. You can have a bunch of people to come over and do laundry, but you have to have a bigger drain field. Right. You you can't think I can just do this because I did it somewhere else. I think with the stimulus check that we've been talking about and helping people at this time in history, I think we would all do well to think about the the ripple effect. How do we prepare for what's ahead? And to be asking God, because he knows what's ahead, mm-hmm. to be asking God what we need to do in order to be in the right position to be great representatives of his in the future. Yeah. Um, and I even suggest you uh, you write and look on our website and get the book we wrote, My Shepherd, and, and take the principles from there and apply them to your family because eventually you just want to be close to the shepherd as you go through uncertain times and that will be the most valuable thing you do. Yeah. And I, I think that's important. And, you know, another thing you could do is, is be intentional and be good stewards of the money that you do have, whether or not you're getting a stimulus check or not. You know, if you have a budget, great. If you don't know what budgeting is, I encourage you to look at some resources um, because I, th- I know as a family, we do it and it helps a lot 
I don't know if you guys do it, Dave. Oh but, yeah. Oh. You know, and it just helps you. And it gives you the freedom to know where things are going. And sometimes it's an it's an eye opener to be like, oh wow, we're spending that much on that. Maybe we don't need to do that. You right. know, and vice versa. But hopefully, hopefully the conversation we had stimulated you today. If not, head over to relate three sixty five and you can download it, re listen to it, and check out other podcasts. But for now, this is Jason and Dave. We'll see you next time here on Younger and Older.